Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean here along with Paul Domowich and E.J. Smith. This is the Inquirer's Eagles podcast. And uh, guys, how you doing? Good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, better than the Eagles. I think I've said that now <laughs> for several weeks. Uh, you know, Monday night game. Uh, the Seahawks, the Eagles are now not no longer in first place, at least briefly, after this uh, this past uh, weekend's set of games. The Washington football team beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and the New York Giants squeaked one out against the Bengals. Both those teams are four and seven. The Cowboys are three and eight. Eagles are three, six, and one. They win. They vault back in the first place. Um, you know, look, again, things are bad, obviously. Uh, before we get to the, the actual game, I mean, yeah, they're playing the win, but when you when you look at the kind of the way the next month is laid out for them against some tough teams, do you guys think this is realistic, that they can win this division? Uh, I have my doubts. Um, I mean, if you look at the strength of schedule for the rest of the year, they um, – you know, the Giants have a much easier path. Um, Washington's kind of middle of the road. And the Eagles have one of the harder strengths of schedules of, of all the league just because, you know, this upcoming stretch of games. So, I mean, it's going to take a massive 180 from the team that, again, I've said it before, I'm, I'm not really counting on them making at this point in the year. Um, I mean, if they could pull this one out tonight um, and then, you know, you know, figure something out down the stretch, maybe. I mean, the division's pretty bad, but I don't know. I mean, Washington and New York are both, you know, seemingly playing better football right now than they were at the beginning of the year. And I don't know. It's going to be tough to make up ground, especially when you consider that they are starting to, you know, go with younger players and just the injury thing is, you know, mounting again. So, yeah. I mean, I felt before the Cleveland game that they had to win two of the, find a way to win two of these next five. Uh, heading into the the last two against Washington and the Cowboys to have any chance. Uh, you're right about their schedules are much easier than the Eagles, and and I'm not sure they can win one, if let alone two, of yeah. these next uh, four games. So, uh, it, you know, there's going to have to be a turnaround, and I don't know. You know, I mean, their defense is playing better, but their quarterback is showing no signs of – uh, getting out of his funk, uh, the offensive line's in even worse shape now with Lane Johnson out for the season. So I, I, I just there's no there's no reason for optimism right now. Now I guess the only maybe reason, or at least based upon the past, has been you know we've seen the last two years the Eagles getting getting hot in December and being able to pull it out. Uh, this is a different team than those two previous ones. So is their and schedule. I, I don't, yeah, but their schedules, as you mentioned, is tough, and I. But I will say that I, I don't really see players kind of, quote-unquote, giving up. I think they're still playing for Doug. And you mentioned the defense. Um, maybe maybe we could start there if we look at the Seahawks because, you know, the games that they have won, two of them have come against teams with backup quarterbacks, really bad backup quarterback play. And while they have been playing better these last few weeks, Baker Mayfield isn't going to really – uh, blow your doors off and, and Daniel Jones I think got him pretty good so Russell Wilson is a is a different animal I mean, we're talking one of the top five quarterbacks in the league MVP candidate he's been a little turnover prone the last few weeks but you know I mean this is a guy that can extend plays this is a guy who's got weapons down the field I mean what can they do to kind of keep him in check 
you know, last year they held the Seahawks in two games to 17 points and they got two turnovers, I think, in the first game, none in the second. But they still had them to 17 points. Is there some, you know, was that an anomaly? Was there something about Jim's defense that he does well against uh, Russell Wilson? He blitzed a lot last year. Uh, blitzed, yeah. blitzed quite a bit in both games. Uh, worked really well in the first game. Uh, four of their six sacks in that game were off, were off blitzes. Um, you know, you're gambling when you blitz him, obviously, but you can't, you also, if you don't get to him, you're, you know, with, with those receivers, you're screwed. So, uh, you know, my guess is he continues to blitz again tonight. Trouble is, you know, he doesn't have Malcolm Jenkins this year. He had him last year, but Malcolm was one of the, you know, was a key to their blitz game when they did blitz, which was so seldom. Uh, so I don't know how well it's going to work, but, you know, I think they can stop Chris Carson and. And 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 uh, Carlos Hyde, uh, but you know Russell Wilson's averaging like on first down, he's averaging eight yards a carry. Uh, you know, first down's the key for as far as I'm concerned tonight because uh, he he Russell has not played very well on third down. He's not a great third down quarterback this year, but he's he's been so dominant on first down that they've faced very few third and longs. Uh, so you know. The problem is, this is you know the Eagles have been very bad on first down defensively much of the season, so I it doesn't match up well. But that's what they've got to do to win tonight. They've got to stop them on first down. Yeah, I wanted to mention that you know in the, in the playoff game at least they did a decent job against the run, <clears throat> and even in the first game I thought they did an okay job. They just gave up a couple of big plays, but you know in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't like you know, they were just getting gassed the entire game in either situation. And I think that that's part of, you know, why they had some, they didn't beat the Seahawks, but they, they had, they kept the games close because, you know, last year, I think the Seahawks really favored that running game, but this year they definitely have let Wilson sort of just do his thing. Um, you know, he's thrown a lot more. And if you look at what he's on pace to, to, you know, produce this season, it's kind of incredible. Like he's, in, he's on pace to break almost every season high he's had in the past and he's been very good for a long time. So I, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him, especially because I don't know how much um, Seattle will just lean on the running game, especially because they've had so many injuries at that position. Well, let's talk a couple of those targets that he has and, and how the Eagles will defense them. Obviously you have Tyrell Lockett kind of more of the uh, bulk guy at, at receiver and DK Metcalf as the big play guy, you know, this, they got Darius Slay to cover top wide receivers, do you think that he'll shadow Metcalf, a big receiver, um, for most of this game or all of it? They kind of don't have a choice. Uh, even yeah. if they, I mean, you cannot put uh, Avante Maddox or Nikhil Roby Coleman, who both, you know, go up to my knee uh, on on DK Metcalf. I mean, it just doesn't work. So, I mean, that's kind of that forces them to, to even if even if you know even if. Jim has some other uh, plan, and, and maybe he does. Maybe he, I don't know what it is. You don't want to move. You know, Mills has shown no uh, ability last year to cover DK Metcalf. I don't think that's changed. So, uh, you know, I figure Slay watches, you know, shadows him, and you just – the problem with, with with Lockett, not only is he very good, but they move him inside and outside. So, I don't know, you know, do they just leave Roby Coleman in the slot and he covers them when when Lockett's in the slot, and Maddox covers them on the outside. Um, I don't know, but that's you know, either way, that's not a good combination uh, uh, coverage-wise. Or you know, I mean, these are two really good receivers. Yeah, I feel like their biggest mismatch is actually going to be whoever's covering Lockett. I mean, Slay will probably, 
you know, I figured, you know, Metcalf will get his and Slay will you know, make his mm-hmm. share of plays too. But I mean, you know, Maddox has not played well in the last couple of weeks. You know, if Nikel Roby Coleman or Kervon LeBlanc are lined up over Lockett, it's going to be, yeah. I mean, that's a really big mismatch. I mean, Lockett is kind of like, I don't know if you could say he's under the radar, but, you know, everybody wants to talk about Metcalf and Lockett's actually their most productive receiver. Um, he's definitely the guy who they favor the most. And the fact that he moves around, I mean, it makes me think of the Cowboys game where Slay was actually, before he got hurt, he was shadowing Gallup instead of Amari Cooper for a lot of the game. And, you know, it seems like maybe that, you know, that this is a type of game you could do that, but you just can't have Maddox on Metcalf. I mean, that's like a nine inch height difference. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah. Metcalf, um, well, yeah, Metcalf did – he's been obviously very good this, this season, a lot of deep catches. The one game in which he was shut down was against the, the Cardinals, and that was Patrick Peterson chatting him all game. Uh, Slay doesn't really kind of fall – isn't really that good in my estimation. He's a good, he is a good cover corner, um, but I don't think he's in Patrick yeah. Peterson's class. So I, I, I agree with you, EJ. I think – Metcalf is going to have his wins. And the one thing we've seen with Slay, he really hasn't gotten beat deep. I think maybe against the Giants, there was a ball that got over his head. But essentially when he has given up stuff, it's because he's played soft uh, on certain plays and, and they've taken what's underneath. And and, I, and that could be, you know, the game plan here against Russell. Just, you know, let him have – and the receivers, let him have the underneath stuff. We just can't allow them – to, to make those big plays, which they've done a lot of. I mean, that's one of the things that Russell Wilson over his career has been just so good at. He's got great touch on his fade passes. Yeah. And you get and you get DK matched up against anybody one-on-one. I mean, you, they may have to slide a safety his way a lot of the times. But as you mentioned, EJ, you, you do that and you got Lockett burning you. Yeah, they've got for, – they've got – I mean, they can't – I mean, they've got to get to – to, to Wilson they can't give him time they can't allow him to extend plays they, he, he gets outside uh, you know that's the end of story um, so that's why I think we'll see them blitz a lot again uh, and you know because if he if he has the time there's there's no hope yeah they have who, who's been the good blitzer this year I mean they, they haven't really obviously still blitzed a lot but they haven't really Singleton, I guess. I was about to say that. <laughs> yeah, very Singleton. limited sample size. Alex Singleton's been a pretty good blitzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, none of their safeties really have distinguished themselves. Uh, you know, you. I mean, it, it's kind of – you watch them blitz and it's kind of painful uh, to watch these guys get picked up so easily. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I don't – you know, sometimes – when in desperate situations call for des- desperate measures it did last year it worked but again they were a better blitzing team last year than they were this year yeah i i kind of hate to keep drudging it up but this is a game where you really do miss malcolm jenkins yeah. you know like this is these teams have played each other a bunch of times in the last few years and you know just that familiarity that he would have had with this offense would have been useful yeah well, the offense wasn't particularly great last year. It wasn't bad, but they only scored nine points in each of the – we mentioned the 17 yeah. points that the defense only allowed, but they only scored nine on offense in both those games. The playoff game, clearly, when Carson went down and you had Josh McCown go in, that, that affected the ability for the – you know, the offense's ability to move the ball up and down the field. Uh, but the offense is clearly worse this year. And uh, might as well just talk about, obviously, the quarterback situation. Um, you know, from what I had heard – about midweek was that Jalen Hurts and and Doug just by the way he answered the initial question about whether Carson was his starter told you that something was up and Hurts has been getting more reps with the first team 
And, you know, I think it's kind of game plan uh, specific in, in some regards. They're, they're probably going to finally, Dama, you've talked about this. Uh, we've all talked about this, but they're going to give them a series. Of some They were planning to give them a series a little while ago, but now it sounds like it's going to be, it's going to happen this in this game. But also, I think it's also just to kind of create a little competitive situation because Carson right now probably needs it. Um, you know, what do you think we'll see out of Hurts if, if he does get a series? What kind of offense it's not going to be the Carson offense. It's going to be scaled down a little bit and specific to what Jalen Hurts does. But how effective can it also but, be against the Seahawks? You know defense? what? Uh, I'm not sure it's going to be all that much different. I mean, if you look at last week's game against Cleveland, they ran a ton of zone reads uh, with Carson. Yeah. He just didn't keep it. And they were very effective running the ball out of those zone reads because whether they thought Carson would hold it or not, they, they still had to account for him. And, and that opened up some seams inside for Miles and Boston Scott for a period there. Uh, the difference here, so I think you'll see a lot of those zone reads again tonight when when Hurts plays. Uh, it's just that he gives the added uh, aspect of holding it and running with it, which I think he will. And I think he'll also throw out of it, uh, you know, some RPOs things like that, which he's good at. I mean, that's yeah. that's what he was really, really, really good at in at Oklahoma and why he had a 70% completion percentage because he, when he got the ball out quickly, it was where it needed to be. Yeah, I was going to – This is one of the – Go ahead, Jeff. Go ahead right, Yeah, I was just going to say ahead. that that is like exactly what he did in college. And, you know, just talking about this reminds me, earlier in the season, you know, I thought it was – it's just something that I, I'm thinking about now that we're talking about, you know, the zone read stuff and the RPO stuff. Earlier in the year, we were talking about how Carson was, you know, at his best when he was running and, you know, like he was having his best season as a running quarterback. And I just kept thinking back then, like, well, you know, you have Jalen Hurts as your backup. And that's a guy who's like a very good running quarterback. You know, like that was one of his Mm -hmm. biggest strengths coming in. So if they do look similar to how they looked against Cleveland, especially because, you know, right now the weather is awful. So, I mean, they might have to you know run the ball a little bit more, but. Um, you know, if, uh, if they do look like they did against Cleveland, I mean, that's exactly the type of offense you would want Hurts to be in, I guess, you know? Yeah. What happens, what happens if Jalen in his first series drives him down for a touchdown? Well, there would be nobody in the, nobody in the stands to say we want Jalen. <laughs> <laughs> but I wonder how that affects the team. Um, that, you know, that's a big deal. They, they, you, if you're if you're Tug Peterson right now, that's the least of your worries. I mean, they are so desperate right now. I mean that that he needs somebody that's going to start a fire. Uh, you know, and 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 if I if I play for Doug Peterson right now, I don't care who the quarterback because because I'm not I'm not so sure Carson has uh, the full support of that locker room anyway, and. I want somebody that's going to move the ball. I mean, if I'm on that offense right now, I'm so frustrated by what's been going on, whether I'm an offensive lineman, a tight end, or a wide receiver, by the bad decisions that have made been made by both the, the quarterback and the coach, that I just want some success if I were – I mean, that would be my attitude if I played. So, uh, you know, I think the only guy that will bother uh, will be Carson because it'll be another blow to his confidence. But I, I, I don't see – bothering the rest of that locker room well i mean i think doug's at this point maybe coaching for his job um if he still wants the job mm-hmm. uh yeah i wonder if that's the case uh i just wonder how this dynamic plays out and 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 if there's the subtext being 
you know, did Doug ever really want Jalen Hurts? And if he had, if he had some personnel control, would he have even fathom drafting a backup quarterback with the second pick when you just gave your your quarterback a franchise deal? And I just wonder how Doug feels about that because it really, it was it was a poor draft pick in so many ways. And we all, Adamo, I know you you liked it. Um, I just feel like it's not played out well. Um, in regards to Carson, and I just wonder, you know, was Doug holding off on Hertz because he wanted to kind of stick it to Howie or because he felt it was going to affect Carson's psyche, which I think was probably more likely the case. Yeah. Um, and is this, you know, is this – I don't think Hertz – my point is if Hertz starts playing better than, than Carson and you do actually have to make the change, what does that mean for the future of either the GM or the head coach? Well, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I, I think a decision, an immediate decision a cl- uh, sooner, you know, this year, some, you know, I mean, if Doug's going to be fired, it won't be because of that situation. I, I think it'll be because of the win yeah. loss record. I, well, you know, I don't, I mean, the, the great unknown here qu- question, I mean, every, if you did a poll right now of the fans, I mean, they're, the overwhelming majority would prefer to see Howie fired than 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 Doug, and the the pro, you know the problem the frustration of the fans is that the owner still supports Howie. Uh, will that change in the next six weeks? I, I don't know. Uh, we'll find out, I guess. You know, if this thing really gets screwed up uh, and, and there's chaos and and they quit, uh, does he? You know, I mean, we're seeing. You look around. You know, I don't know whether Jeff is influenced by what's happening around the league, but there's been an inordinate amount of house cleanings that have included both the front office and the coach. Does, does he feel, does that make him yeah. any more likely to do it? Uh, does he just do another move like he did uh, in 2014 when, when Chip won the power move, power struggle and just move Howie to the side again and bring in another football guy? Uh, you know, I got a feeling that's more likely than just telling Howie, you know, there's the door. But uh, when that happens, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's that's a question that I think is still to be determined here. But I, you had mentioned earlier, uh, Jeff, about whether, you know, whether Doug's had it. Uh, I think a big part of him has. He knows he can get another job someplace else. What we don't know is is what's the relationship like between him and and Howie right now? Does he feel Howie's uh, left him out there to dry? Uh, or does he resent Howie for the picks he's made? You know, probably. Uh, that's well, why I think he'd probably he, just, you know, I think he's, you know, I think we've seen at the press conferences, he's just getting fed up with the whole field, you know, with us, with, with, with everything. And I, he knows he can get a job someplace else. He, he knows he, he'd be working for somebody else that might be, uh, you know, give him more input. I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's. I think it's definite that he definitely is is kind of like wouldn't well, be crushed if if they fired him. Right, and and he was. I mean, you know, as it reported, um, you know, at the time, and then then uh, you know, Doug was extremely frustrated when he when he had to tell Mike Rowe that he was getting fired just the day after he told him he was staying, or a couple of days after he told him he was staying, and a day after he said it publicly. Um, you know, maybe Jeff and Howie had brought something to his attention that maybe he didn't see in regards to Mike Rowe and, and why he should be fired. Nevertheless, it wasn't something he initially wanted to do. And also, and just kind of having the 
shake up the off front office again. So I feel like this is something, you know, they've undermined him a little bit. Yeah. And, and I think this is something that's been festering for, for a while now, ever since dating back to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Doug kind of makes that dynamic work because of his personality. He's a pretty easygoing guy. He doesn't seem that way sometimes during the news conferences, but he is. And he, you know, a lot of coaches after that Super Bowl win may, would have asked for some some sort of personnel say, or maybe even muscled someone out. Now, the reason why they hired Doug partly in the first case is because that he would allow Howie to be Howie. Um, but we're now starting to see that kind of corrode, I feel. And, you know, I, I do agree with you, Damo, that Doug can get a job elsewhere. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the case with Howie. Uh, Howie doesn't really – his reputation around the league is not – very good um to be frank and i'm not saying how he's not a good gm and he, obviously he's won a super bowl he did a great job 2016 2017 aside from that 2017 draft but you know he knows he's got a um you know he's got he's got one guy that believes in him and that's really the only guy that matters and that's jeffrey Lurie. and that's why i think it's more likely that he stays than doug i mean i could see doug I can see him, him ended up in new york with the jets if joe douglas if adam gase is out I, joe and Doug got along great. I can mm-hmm. clearly see that being a partnership that they think that could work. Um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, and, and we're not really talking specifically about the game, but you know, I, I think fans are probably more uh, yeah. interested in the big picture scenarios on this team than than really whether. I mean, this is an important game. I do want to get back to that because this is the first really quality team they've played since the Ravens, and i think this will be the game i think this is actually going to be a close game i th- i think this is a game where like the eagles their backs up against the wall this is it this is right they gotta they gotta give their all here but if it isn't and they get blown out then this whole thing could really just crumble to complete pieces the last month ej what do you think about the game overall and what could happen yeah, I, I predicted that this would actually go the the way the latter way you just described that this would kind of be the last straw that they would sort of you know roll over and die per se. Uh, you know, I think I don't know. I just I don't see how. I mean, obviously it's a primetime game. The Eagles obviously need to turn things around and all that. But I really just I don't know. When we've seen them play quality teams, it just hasn't. It doesn't hasn't been good. I've kind of given up. You know predicting when it is that they're going to suddenly look like a better team so so yeah I predicted that they were going to lose by a couple scores and I do think that'll happen and then yeah I just I think that the the doors might get blown off here their three wins have come in the prime time yeah it's true (laughs) it's a good point and every team I mean and you know you look at Atlanta yesterday I mean at at some point even bad teams just have a day where you know you can't beat them Uh, yeah this yeah. team's due for something like that. I mean, they've they've lost games they should have won. Uh, maybe they maybe tonight's the night they win a game they should have. Lo- you know they probably deserve to lose. I don't know. Uh, yeah, see. maybe the hurts. Maybe the hurts addition shakes things up and and provides another dynamic that uh, they've been lacking. Um, you know, maybe they pull it all together. I, you know, I don't I don't know if it's likely, but it's certainly possible. We know how we know how things work in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, the Raiders, they took the Chiefs, they beat the Chiefs and they took the Chiefs to the last second or the last few seconds last week. And they just, as you mentioned, got just crushed by a Falcons team that, you know, shouldn't be winning games that by that amount, certainly against teams that are pl- competing for the playoffs. Yeah. And it's not like the Seahawks have been world beaters. I mean, they got off to a nice start, but they've kind of been, you know, back and forth inconsistent these last several weeks. 
Yeah, their secondary this year is not what it used to be. Right. I was, I was going to say that earlier, that this is one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL. Yeah. If, this, yeah. if there's a game for Carson Wentz to break out of his uh, doldrums, maybe this is it. And you have – you know, you still have pieces uh, – you still have guys uh, – I know Zach Hurts isn't back, but Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, these are good players. I mean, they – these guys should provide matchup problems for the Seahawks. Um, you know, what, what, if we look real quickly before we sign off at the Seahawks defense, they don't really have anybody. I think that I mean Jamal Adams, yeah, but he seems to be not even really kind of playing well in that in that scheme. No, this is this is a beatable defense. Uh, I mean, that's why. I mean, that's the one reason I think the Eagles can win to, uh, tonight if they if they can somehow get that offense to start playing well and, and convert third downs is because this isn't the Legion of uh, of Doom. I mean, this uh, boom. You know, they're they're a very they're a very defeatable defense. That you know, if you don't turn the ball over and you, and you just you know, but there's so many things that have to happen uh, pass protection wise and. And everything else that I, I don't know, but it, you know, it it that's that's one aspect of this game they can win. Yeah, I mean, we have to mention. I mean, the fact that the offensive line again, this will be the tenth different starting combination they've had in eleven games. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, right, so like left to right, you have Milad at left tackle. Although I think that's kind of a push uh, with Peters no longer being there. You got uh, Isaac at left guard, solid. Jason Kelsey at center, and we should mention this is Jason's hundredth straight game. Uh, Kudos to him for for pulling that off at right guard. You know how Jason Peters playing there, which which should be interesting to see for the first time ever in an NFL game, him playing in that position. And the I guess the the beat, the weak part of the link is Matt Pryor at right tackle. Yeah. You know, I will say this, and, and EJ, I'd be interested in your input. You know, with 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 JP back inside, I mean they've got a pretty strong run blocking interior tonight. Uh, that can cause some damage, especially if they're running, you know, if they're running a lot of zone reads and stuff that's going to force those linebackers to make some decisions. I mean, I, so, I mean, I think they can have some success there uh, inside with those three. Uh, not so much. You know, I don't know how Jason's going to hold up pass protection wise, but I mean, he can still he can still knock people over when he's moving forward. Yeah, no, I think that that's the one thing that Pryor's been okay with this year. I mean, he's such a big guy that, you know, across across the entire line, when you consider that Pryor's a decent run blocker, mm-hmm. you know, that's a that's a pretty good – you're right. That's a decent run blocking offensive line. Um, the right side of that offensive line and pass pro is going to be very interesting because yeah. <laughs> you have Peters and Pryor, and I think both those guys are, you know, below average at this point. I mean, we'll see how Peters looks at right guard, yeah. but – um, but yeah, then even like Mylotta and run, I mean, sometimes he misses his assignments, but he's just so strong yeah. that, you know, it's, it's actually, you're right. They're definitely, they definitely could be uh, successful running with that, with that front. It, Cause a lot of those guys are just so big and powerful. I mean, they've run the ball pretty well this season. The run schemes yeah. haven't, you know, Statlin's run schemes have been pretty effective early. It seems like when the game wears on and they need a, a big run here and there, they haven't gotten, it seems like defenses have made the adjustments against them um but you still have miles sanders you still have uh, i think boston scott's when when used correctly can can be a nice compliment uh i guess will jordan howard be active tonight i don't know i don't know if they can bring him up off the practice squad or not they would have done so by now i guess but um you know they can run the ball but against this past defense do you want to favor that right uh um, yeah 
I don't know. Should yeah. be interesting. But let, let's give the uh, picks real quick before we part. I mean, obviously, sounds like we're all picking the Seahawks. Do you guys remember your scores? Yeah, I remember mine. <laughs> I did twenty-eight ten. <laughs> I was going to go blowout. Uh, ended up, uh, you know, I, I've gone blowout a couple of other times, and uh, I, this time I went twenty-four twenty uh, Seahawks. Yeah, I think I went like twenty-four uh, seventeen, something like that. I think I had. It not being a blowout, and the, but the Seahawks still covering, I think it was five, whatever, which is kind of a little bit of shocking. You know, Vegas usually knows something's mm-hmm. up. I guess they see the Eagles and their and the way they made they played the Seahawks last year and the way the Seahawks have kind of not played particularly great in certain cir- circumstances over the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, I think it could be close. I, I don't know why I feel that way. Um, I think it'd be I, I close and I lose, or it could just be you just they just get blown out and they and they. You know, if, if Russell gets hot and he can find the holes in that defense, yeah. that secondary, which there have been plenty the one, of. The one thing Russell's going to have tonight is a better running game aside from him. Uh, Chris Carson's back. Uh, Carlos Hyde's back for the yeah. second game in a row. So, I mean, the Eagles need to shut that down early and, and take it away. I mean, if Chris Carson ends up having some early success, there's there's no hope. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing the Eagles can't run. You know, the run defense has always been good against uh, running backs. Um, it was good last week up until that, that back-breaking run by um, Chubb, Nick Chubb. So, we'll see. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us uh, on this Monday version of the Bird's Eye View podcast. Damo, EJ, we'll see you tonight at the game. Everyone, please you know, click on the inquire.com site for all our eagle stories we'll have them uh, we have them, obviously a bunch of them right now up but we'll have plenty after the game and in the week days following the game and then sign up for the early birds uh newsletter uh which gives you uh you know a newsletter in your email mailbox every morning and links to all of our stories plus additional content uh talk to you soon this is the birds eye view podcast thanks guys take care all righty